Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Blooming podcast with your host, Mariah. And Danielle. <laughs> Today, we have, God, such a special episode. I know I say this every time, but y'all know we love astrology, and it's basically the root of all of our conversations. And we have Alice Bell here on the podcast. Alice is the resident astrologer for British Vogue. You can read there her weekly horoscopes, and she's just written so much astrology content for other major publications, such as Forbes, Vogue USA, BBC Goop, and so much more. She's also the co-host of the Astrology and You podcast. She is a well of information and is the most knowledgeable astrologer and person that I know. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's get into it. Yes. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. I love talking about astrology of particular ages. So I'm glad this is the topic. Yes. And just before this, we were kind of talking about how I was going through my Instagram to see what years in my 20s, like big things happened. So in this episode, we're really going to dive into each age of your 20s and learn all about all the major transits and the things to look out for. But before we dive in, we love getting to know our guests. So Alice, as much or as little as you want to share about (laughs) your villain origin story and yeah, just maybe where you grew up, where you went to school and your journey. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. I was born in Chicago though, but my parents got divorced when I was little. So I lived in Nashville with my mom and then grew up with like a blended family of like stepsisters, half sister, full sister. So a lot of sisters going on. Um, I feel like I never connected to living like in the South and in Tennessee growing up. Like it was a lot of going to church every Sunday and like having that kind of like pushed on me. And so I never like being an astrologer now, spirituality or anything outside of religion was never something I came into contact with or knew anything about. So had a total transformation in my twenties, which I'll get to when we get to more. Wow. Yeah. Um, I feel like I really, I don't know. I got out of Tennessee early. Like I went to boarding school in Virginia, right outside of Washington, DC. And then from there I spent a year of high school living in Italy. And then I went to undergrad in Switzerland and grad school in London. So I quickly realized like I love to travel and be in like faraway places. And that really informed more of like my initial career and what I was interested in. Totally. And you're Aquarius sun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Aquarian of you. Yeah. Aquarius is such a sign that like feels like they never fully belong places or with a group of people. So it's constantly like going out of your way to be different or like, I don't know, just feeling like you never have like a core place where you belong. Right. And do you have more Aquarius in your chart? Yeah. I have Aquarius, um, sun, Mercury, no Aquarius, sun, Mercury, and Saturn. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That I totally feel like it just got all of that from that story. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) So you traveled a bunch. You were in Europe. You did your undergrad there. And then where, where are you living now? I'm in New York now. So I moved to New York when I was 24 in early 2017. So I've been here for almost six, is it six years? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That that would be six years. Wow. Do you feel at home in New York? Yeah, I do. 
kind of recently I'd been feeling this like restlessness of like, do I want to raise kids here? Is this where I want to be for a while? That's so some, I'm 29 now. So it's like the closer you get to 30, I just feel like those kind of topics become more like urgent. But I went away to Italy for a month this summer. And while I was there, I was like, I really love New York and I want to be there in the long run. What lines are you on in New York? Not great ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> for astrocartography, I have a Chiron line through New York. So it brings Chiron, which is like oh. an asteroid that's all about like, um, how do you describe it? Like a wounded healer. It just brings the wounds to the surface because it's on my ascendant line here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, I feel like there's so much you need to share about that when yeah. we start talk- when we start getting into each age. Awesome. So you're in New York mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so far you're staying there. <laughs> Yeah. When I first came to New York in 2017, it was to work in the fashion industry. Like I went to grad school in London to get a master's degree in fashion journalism, really wanted to work at a magazine and be an editor. And then two years into that, like astrology became an interest of mine, kind of not even an interest, like an obsession where it was like every day studying astrology, like total personality transformation where I was like, oh my God, just like opening myself up to spirituality, like past lives, like reincarnation, astrology, meditation, yoga, like all this stuff I had never done before. And so I quit my job where I was working at Vogue as a fashion assistant and became an astrologer full-time in early 2019. Wow. Yeah. And so much has changed since then. Yeah. From 2019 till now. Yeah. It's business has really grown. I mean, it was great the first year I quit as well, but um, I did hit like, I would say a rough patch in COVID where it was like, how do I pivot and make it like more online? Because I was doing a lot of like chart readings at brand events and like in-person readings. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's been interesting like seeing how I can like diversify my income streams and like have all these different projects going on at once. Right. And how was that for you when you were doing a lot of one-on-one readings? Were you doing in-person and virtual? The first year I started out, it was mostly in-person. That was fun, but it was very draining because it was like I had to go to a location, meet with a person for an hour. I did make a lot of friends out of that that I'm still like great friends with. It was like they came from being clients of mine and doing in-person readings. But then with COVID, I switched to Zoom and also like FaceTime readings, which was... I quickly got burned out because I was doing so many at once. Like I was doing like five readings a day at one point in like 2020. And oh my God, like it did I help remember me be- that. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a lot. Um, it did help me become like such like a better astrologer because I just like had to have transits and where everything currently is memorized because my readings were like so quick. Like I think I was doing a lot of like 15 minute, 30 minute readings. Now readings are definitely not my main source of like business at the moment, but I still open them up from time to time. Right. And that's for your best, <laughs> for, yeah, your, yeah. for your overall health. Because, yeah. I feel like you need breaks with that. Yeah. It's a lot. It's so taxing on like your entire body, mental body, energetic. Yeah, yeah. So what's next for you, Alice? So I have something pretty major I'm working on. I'm not allowed to announce it yet. But if you're interested in relationship astrology and understanding compatibility and wanting to know the timing of when you're going to get into a relationship, like this is going to be amazing. I probably will get to announce it in October or November, I'm guessing. But yeah, stay tuned. That's so exciting. Yeah. I'm so interested already. 
Well, <laughs> this is the perfect episode because I feel like a lot of what you're working on in this project is some, some information that you can really shed light on in this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Relationship astrology is definitely what got me hooked in the first place. Not so much like understanding if you're going to be compatible with someone. I would say more so like, when are you going to get into a relationship? Like I was, when I was single, I was obsessed with that. Yeah. Predictive astrology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you like start discovering more about that? Because there's so many layers to astrology, but predictive astrology is so fascinating. First, obviously, it started with birth chart and understanding my personality, also shedding light on like my dating patterns and why I would act certain ways when dating people, like very obsessive, kind of like very like I want to marry this person right after meeting them. That's how I would act. So seeing that in my birth chart was really enlightening, like helped me to feel better about myself um, and understand those traits. I would say predictive astrology came in maybe like six months after I had started studying birth chart, natal astrology. And I feel like I didn't get really good at predictive astrology until like 2020 into 2021. Okay. So like two or three, I would say like two years into studying astrology is when like that became primary focus. And that was what you noticed, like a lot of your clients were coming to you for. Yeah. Like everyone wanting to know, like, when am I going to change jobs? When am I going to date someone? I would say like, People want to know about that way more than they want to know about like their inner selves, which is not (laughs) the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Because I think when I first discovered astrology, similar to you, where it just gave me permission to be myself and I felt like for so long, I did not like who I was. And then when I started reading my chart, I was like, but wait, I'm supposed to be this way. And there's this sense of acceptance and empowerment that comes with that. Yeah, exactly. And so when I first started getting into it, I was like, okay, I just want to know all about who I am on the inside. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, wait, okay, now I need to know when things are going to start happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that stuff can be really helpful too. Because like, let's say you have like a really bad year that happened to you and you're like, oh my God, I should have done this differently. This is all my fault. You can look back at the astrology and realize like there was really nothing you could have done. Like you were meant to go through that difficult period. So true. I I can attest to that. The acceptance yeah, that comes. Yes, <laughs> Daniel. to that. I mean, Capricorns have had it really bad for like a long time. I think that this year has been okay-ish, but I don't even know like the exact dates. But like, I remember turning 24 or even like the late 23, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. towards the end of 2019, things just like shit hitting the fan like mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. quickly. And then it just being a whirlwind of, good things and horrible things one after mm-hmm. the other. And and I remember having a reading with you and you being like, but it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I was like, well, I mean, I'll survive, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, Capricorn had it hard 2018 through 2020. Those three years were pretty major for that sign and cancer as well because Saturn was in Capricorn. And when Saturn enters your sign, it which lasts for three years, it just tends to bring up like a lot of tough lessons and like growing pains. Um, And then also the solar and lunar eclipses were in Capricorn and Cancer throughout those years as well, which is like so much like, how how do I phrase this? It's so much like identity development and like really figuring out who you are and going through basically bigger life changes. Yeah, like the person that I was before 20... 
19 is not who I am today at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's like the essence part that is always going to be there, right? But like who I was, what I thought I was going to be doing, who I thought I was going to be with, like all of that stripped away, changed forever. So yeah. And it ended up being for the best. Oh, for sure. Like I would not change it. But in the moment, it was like, (laughs) I'm going to die. (laughs) So, (laughs) So should we dive into the astrology of your 20s? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so do you guys just want to start with age 20? Yeah, take yeah. us on the journey, the 10-year okay, yeah. journey. <laughs> I guess as an overview, like there are key periods in the 20s where you do notice more activity and like change going on. So I'll call those out when we get to them. But starting with age 20, so I use a timing technique called annual perfections, which basically means every year of your life is associated with a specific house of your chart. So like starting at age zero, that would be a first house year. Age one would be a second house year and so on and so forth. So it repeats every 12 years. So by the time you're at age 20, you're on your second ninth house perfection year. So it has a lot to do with ninth house themes like education, foreign travel, learning, kind of like opening your yourself up to new ways of thinking about the world and maybe forming maybe more core beliefs and opinions for yourself. So obviously that makes sense because most people are in college at this time. So it is a time of like higher education and like maybe write, writing a thesis or doing more research or figuring out like what your specific major needs to be. So nothing too crazy going on at age 20. 21 is when things get a little interesting. So that is a 10th house perfection year. So it's a lot about focusing on like what you want to do in the long term with your career, how you can step up, take on more responsibilities or a leadership role in some area of your life. Also at age 20, the planet Uranus forms a square to where it was when you were born. So that only happens, like Uranus making an aspect to itself won't happen again until age 30. So like the fact that this is happening for everyone at age 21 is pretty significant. And at the same time, Saturn is also squaring where Saturn was when you were born in your birth chart, which is kind of like the last phase leading up to the Saturn return at in the late 20s. So basically there's this like this push pull going on at age 21 where you're like I want to be my own individual self. I kind of want to break out of like childhood and like having these limitations and restrictions on me, but I'm also being met with like hardship maybe of just not being like able to financially support yourself yet or you're like first entering into like your first job opportunities and you're kind of like at the bottom of the totem pole and no one's paying you that much attention so it's like having these hard tasks to complete or work through or lessons you're learning about yourself, but at the same time feeling like you have to like break free from maybe who you've been up until now. So yeah, 21, not the easiest year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at my notes because I wrote down (laughs) every age and the big life things that happened. Yeah. Yeah. 22 is a bit easier. Some of that from 21 may linger though, but 22 is a lot about like friendships, meeting new people, forming more connections, like more of a social time. Also, I would say like feeling like you're maybe working more towards your hopes and dreams for the future. Mm-hmm. So not much to say with 20, with 22. So it's like 
an 11th house year then? Yeah, it's an 11th okay. house perfection. Oh, wow. Okay, so I wrote down for 22. That was a huge career year for me. I got like okay. a massive career promotion opportunity. Like, okay, yeah, because 11th house is often has to do with like feeling more lucky. Like people are more supporting you and on your side. So it could be that like age 21, you're figuring out what to do career-wise. And then at age 22, you're like, seeing the results of that or finally having something come up from what was going on at 21. Okay. Maybe we'll all share like what, where we were at at that time. I feel like that'll be fun. 21 was definitely like really, really hard year. Um, I started my first website though, which was like a fashion blog at the time, but it was a place where I could write and put photos of myself. And that has evolved into like what my website is now. So definitely very pivotal in terms of like what I would end up doing with career in the long term. 22, I had like a significant romantic relationship and I did network a lot and like form new connections for work. I still wouldn't say it was like an amazing year though, but definitely easier than 21. So 21, was that when you first started getting into like fashion, like as a career? Yeah, I would say 21, it was like, okay, what are some internships I can do? Doing a lot of research on that in 22 was like when I actually had like the first internship. Okay. That was like the same thing that happened with me at 21. I decided to go to fashion school. So I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And then at 22, I got a huge career promotion with Nordstrom where I like was able to like work in the corporate office. That's so crazy. That's wild. I started working at an agency when I was 21. Like I got my first design job when I was 21. And then- Were you still in school? I was still in school. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it was very like, quote unquote, advanced. But um, Mm -hmm. everyone else was still like drinking and partying. And I was, you know, already in my first like corporate job. And then when I turned 22, like as you were saying, like friendship wise, I lost all of my college friends. Like it was, yeah, I lost all my friends for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like, it was, I started out as like an intern. It was like a paid internship. And then they didn't hire me off the bat. And I was so disappointed that I, and I ended up traveling to Italy for the first time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it was, it was just like that year, 22, I was very impulsive. And then I ended up getting the job and I worked there for like almost a year. But like that whole 22 was very hard because like I was in a band and the band broke up. Mm-hmm. I lost all of my friends. It was just, you know, like no, mm-hmm. it was, it was funner. <laughs> it's funner. <laughs> it's funner a word, but like it is that I know, <laughs> but like it was more fun, but it was, it was still pretty hard. Like I started getting like weird stuff happening. Also what you have to take into consideration is like, these are generalizations, like these oh, perfection yeah. years. So like, what else, what, what other transits were happening when you were 2020, when you were yeah. 22, you know, like <laughs> were there eclipses going on in a difficult part of your chart or where was Saturn also transiting at that time? So yeah, that's how you kind of like piece it out into like individual people. But if you're just really wanting to get the basics of predictive astrology, like what are bigger themes mm-hmm. that I should be focused on in this year? This is kind of mm-hmm. what the perfection year shows. So let's do 23, 24. Yeah. So 23, also not amazing. Um, That's a 12th house perfection. So it possibly is a time where you're spending a lot more time alone or where you're kind of seeing, you're like feeling frustrated or maybe lost or directionless at that time. Like maybe you're in, maybe you're in a job where you, 
you're just not happy with the role you have or you just still do not know what kind of job you want. It's kind of like entry-level role time. Also, maybe just feeling like you're not as close to your friends from college or friends you've had in the past um, and having to do like a lot of internal reflection at this year. And then what happens at 24? 24 is a lot better. Like 24 is honestly like a breakthrough year for most people. That turns to a first house perfection. And also you get a Jupiter return at this time. Um, so Jupiter returns only happen once every 12 years. And they time they tend to be a time of a lot of growth opportunity, kind of feeling way more lucky or like you're just like going somewhere and you have a lot of opportunity to grow and expand in some area of your life. Depends wow. on what house Jupiter is located in for you, though. I'm freaking out. This is so in sync with my notes, Alice. Like, everything <laughs> you're saying, all the things are happening. So I highly encourage anyone listening to do a little exercise where you just write down every year and kind of list out all the major things that happened and then kind of follow along because it's so fun. And that that, that was exactly <laughs> it. Like, I had such a lucky Jupiter moment at mm-hmm. the age of 24, yeah, like I got like a full-time job offer that was like my dream. I mm-hmm, moved mm-hmm. away from home for the first time. And in that year I met, at the end of that year, I met um, my fiance. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. She was lucky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I just keep thinking like 23, it was horrible. Like it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And then 24, I mean, I was going through all of these transits that we talked about before, but 24 was when I decided that I wanted to go like freelance full time. And that's mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I started meeting all of mm-hmm. these like people that ended up being like so important mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, me mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. making Lunaria like my full time job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was so that, it's was that definitely a year of being like no. more noticed. Yeah. And 24 like feeling was, more seen. Yeah. Like 24 was 2020. That's when I met you, Mariah. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, it's crazy. I think 24 is like the most important year for like so far that I've lived in my twenties. Yes. Yes. It's like the most optimistic of the twenties, I would say. Like what happened? I mean, I moved to New York right around my birthday when I turned 24 and I, um, got a job offer at Vogue like a week after my 24th birthday. So that was like my dream job my entire life. Like getting that at 24, I was like, holy shit. My God, that's so crazy, Alice. We have so many synchronicities yeah. with that. Like, Astrology is real. <laughs> I got my dream job at Nordstrom where I was like, I can't believe this happened and I'm only 24. And this is like, this is it. <laughs> yeah, I've also noticed like a lot of people who are like, like who blow up on social media. I like look at their age and a lot of them are 24. Okay, so if you're listening that's and you're 24, soak it in. Yeah. Time to like yeah. put out content if that's what you're wanting to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Then we move on to 25, not as exciting. It's a lot of focused, it's a big focus on finances and figuring out like, how can I make more money for myself? How can I be smarter about my money? Maybe you want to take on like freelance gigs outside of your main job, or maybe you have an idea for a business you want to start. So it, yeah, mainly has to do with work and money because it's a second house perfection year. Yes. And that was me last year. And I even like hired a wealth coach. Like Mm -hmm. I figured out like my money story, how I wanted to make money. Like I had already launched the business, but I wasn't making a lot of money. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. last year was like literally all about money and abundance and what that means for me. So that's creepy, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at that time I was like, I made no money working as a fashion assistant. So I started doing freelance writing on the side and that gave me a lot more money. Wow. And then I left my dream job. 
I, <laughs> oh my God. I left my dream job. I left and because I met the love of my life mm-hmm. and he was living in LA and I was in Seattle. So it was long distance. So I decided in that year to move. Mm-hmm, and so I mm-hmm. left that job and then got a completely new job that was so hard in like oh social, me- social media marketing. Mm-hmm. Did you notice like a theme at work of like having to assert like your value, like I deserve to be paid this much. I need to be treated a certain way. That's like very second house theme of like knowing your worth. Okay. Yes. But I didn't know my worth then. So I was like working overtime, (laughs) like my, I was performing like so as hard as I could because I wasn't confident in my like skills when it came to that. So yeah, it was a really like, it was a time for me to assert boundaries and to Mm -hmm, learn that, mm -hmm. but I didn't learn it until Until later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then 26, that's a third house perfection year. So it has a lot to do with travel. Like did so much travel when I was thir- when I was 26. Wow. And also um, like connecting with people and having a lot of like communication-based projects or like just daily communication with a lot of different people. So maybe you're like in way more contact with your friends and constantly meeting up with like friends and acquaintances or like... Also, another third house perfection, your theme I notice is people just spending more time outside, like appreciating nature, like wanting to explore their neighborhood. Just like what in my immediate environment, like, can I get out and like do more of? I would also say like things like writing, um, making videos, doing presentations, like learning how to communicate more effectively would be a 26 year theme. Okay, that's so Daniela, you're in your 26 year. I've done all of that. Like I've traveled every single month of this year, except like two. And I've never traveled that much. Like, and it's always been my dream and I'm doing it. And I started a podcast at 26. Like, yeah, that's definitely falls into the third house perfection. That's Mm -hmm. wild. Okay. Astrology is real. I've said it twice (laughs) now. It's it's so crazy. (laughs) Just going to get that tattooed. Yeah. What about 27? Now I'm curious. 27 is like kind of the lead up to the Saturn return. You're not quite there yet, but you may notice like kind of not being fully satisfied with what you've been doing in the rest of your 20s. It's kind of like I need a shift, but I don't know exactly what that looks like yet. So this is a fourth house perfection year. And at the same time, you have a progressed lunar return. So secondary progressions, that's another timing technique. And the progressed lunar return only happens once every, um, I think like, every 27 years. Yeah. Cause this is the first time I would. And what happens at that time, there's a huge focus on like home and family. So maybe this is a year where you're moving homes or you're like reworking the relationship you have with your family and spending more time with them. Or it could be that you're learning how to like better parent yourself and like give yourself this stuff. Maybe your parents didn't give you in childhood, like learning how to nurture yourself and like tend to those self-care habits. Oh my God. Yes. I feel like 27 for me was my like breakdown year. Like, yeah, that it was really hard. It was relationships. so focused on home for me. Yeah, home and relationships. So whether it's like family relationships, career, friendship, that's always been really, that's a big one for me with my Saturn in the seventh house. It's been more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of friendship heartbreak. I lost yeah. all my friends. I felt like that year and I just started seeing things clearer. But mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. that clarity came so much heartbreak. And I had like a complete identity crisis. I was like soul searching, trying to Mm -hmm. figure out like what my purpose was. And um, yeah, it was a lot of trial and error 
Yeah. It usually brings a lot of emotions up, like deep emotions mm-hmm. you haven't thought about since childhood or like like just patterns you keep engaging in that you need to work on because it involves the progressed lunar return. Right. So what is a progressed lunar return though? Like, so it's when, so in secondary progressions, it's not like a transit where you're looking at where the planets are in real time in relationship to your birth chart. You're taking with progressions. It's like every planet, every day you're alive since you were born is equivalent to one year in progressions. So by the time you're 27, you're looking at 27 days out from your birth. So it takes the moon about Mm. 27, 28 days to make a full lap through all the zodiac signs. So by the time you're 27, almost 28, it will have made that full lap around your progress chart and return back to where your natal moon placement is. There's so many layers. Yeah. That's like, I feel like so mind blown, but also like so intrigued. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Progressions are hard to get your mind around at first, I would say. So what, what happened for you, Alice, at 27? So started out the year, had a major blowout with my roommate, like actually insane. Um, so I was like, I'm moving out. I, this is time for me to leave behind roommates and learn how to live alone. Um, and I was able to financially support myself at that point to pay for rent alone. So I moved out, lived alone for the first time. Also, COVID happened. So I was living with my family for like three to four months out of that year and seeing them constantly. So a lot of like, learning how to like fix things around the house and decorate the house without the help of someone else. And then also that extra time with family. And because your Saturn is in the seventh house, did you feel like relationships were like a really big, cause you're entering. This doesn't have to do with Saturn return, the progressive okay. lunar return. It's just the lead up to it. So like okay. the Saturn return really kicks in at 28. Okay. 27 is more like you're looking at where the house, your moon is located in your birth chart. So like for the eighth house, that's where mine's located. It brought up a Mm -hmm. lot of eighth house themes, which tends to Mm -hmm. be like relationship issues or really learning how to like transform like your inner self and like learn about your habits and let go of anything like negative you're still holding on to. Okay. Mm, Interesting. And so then we enter 28, which is- Yeah, 28 is like really when the Saturn return starts to kick in. Usually Saturn- I count the Saturn return as the entire time Saturn is in the same sign it was in when you were born. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the same degree, although that will, I'll get to that at 29. Um, But yeah, Saturn had entered Aquarius by the age of 28 for me. So that Saturn return had kicked off. And it's also a fifth house perfection year. So there's a lot to do with like self-esteem and like, how can I put forth my full self and be more creative and like have greater confidence in who I am. Maybe there's also more like romance or friendship going on. Like it tends to be a bit of a more playful, fun year, but kind of hard to like fully lean into that when you also have the Saturn return going on. So mm-hmm. 28, I find because the exact Saturn return hasn't happened yet, it still is this like frustration of like, what is next for me? Like, what am I really passionate about? And how can I like lean into more of my like unique individual path and instead of like always trying to please other people's expectations of who I should be. Mm, feel it. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I I mean, it depends on like what house your Saturn is located in of what themes are going to be brought up the most. Um, and also mm-hmm. what houses are ruled by Saturn in your chart. So like, let's say like Daniela, you'll have a Saturn return in Pisces, which starts next year. Although yes, the house where 
Saturn is located in Pisces is really important. You're also going to want to look at what other houses are ruled by Aquarius and Capricorn in your chart, because those are both Saturn ruled signs. So those houses in addition will have like a lot of themes brought up at that time too. Mm, That's so interesting because like Capricorn is my sixth house and like I have Mm -hmm. all of the things in Capricorn that a person can have. Um, (laughs) So at sixth house, definitely. And And, seventh house. And seventh house. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like I have a seventh house Saturn and before 28, I had never had like a serious relationship. Like the longest relationship I had been in was like three to four months. So Mm. had never been in love, anything like that. Um, And then the Saturn return came along and I met my current partner who I now live with and like who is my life partner. I met him right after I turned 28. See, that's like a seventh house Saturn return where it's like, oh, like learning how to be more committed in a relationship and take that area of life more seriously and like break free from like self-imposed restrictions you've been putting on yourself in that house where Saturn's located and just like learning how to like free yourself of those restrictions and adopt a new approach to that part of your life. And I got engaged at 28. Yeah, see, so that's like that fifth house is like a lot to do with like romance and kind of like more optimistic surrounding relationships paired with the Saturn return in the seventh house. Yeah, that makes so much sense why it would be like a significant relationship year for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt okay. like it was hard in relationships, but it it was like I knew that all the hard work and everything that was happening was mm-hmm. because I was only going to like see the other side of it stronger. Mm-hmm. So I think that that energy, you can kind of feel that when you're, you know, working on yourself and you're aware of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really help you feel empowered versus like afraid and scared of the lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really don't like when people are like, oh my God, my life's going to end because I have a Saturn return. I'm like, no, that's not the way you need to be looking at this. It's like the best time of your life because you're finally figuring out who you came here to be. You're Yeah. You just, it's a tough lesson in like really gaining more self-confidence. You're like, this mm-hmm. is who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am now. Yeah. And it's just making sure that you can vocalize it too with the world mm-hmm. and share and share it. And whoever doesn't accept it, bye-bye. And it might hurt and it might be painful, yeah. but you're better for it. You're better without people who can't embrace the real you. Yeah. So often like that 28, 29, as we'll see in 29, um, it's often like a pairing back on like who you're hanging out with because you're realizing like what relationships are important, what career paths most meaningful to me. So getting rid of like all this excess stuff in your life that you aren't, you don't really care for because you just don't have time for that anymore. Mm -hmm. So then 29. 29 is definitely tough. So that's like peak Saturn return where like all of this stuff comes to a head and like you are maybe noticing those changes coming about of like, I put up with this this long now. I want to make this change for myself and go off in this new direction. It's also a six house perfection year. So there's usually an emphasis on work and making adjustments to work. Or possibly just like feeling stressed out by your job. And I wouldn't beat yourself up if you don't know what you're doing with work in that year. And it just feels like it's a lot of like mundane everyday tasks that you have to deal with. Um, Health and wellness also comes up at age 29. So maybe noticing your body is aging more and wanting to better take care of yourself and like adapt a healthier diet or exercise more. Stuff like that becomes way more prominent at that age. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going through right now. I feel like the start, almost like January is when I was like, okay, 
it's time to like commit to health and mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. like get doctor's appointments and like really start to take that or make it a priority in life. Yeah. Yeah. 29 is just like a lot of like work, which is kind of boring mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. So you're, you're going to be 30 in January. Yes. So I can already start to see the coming out of this 29, going to 30, 30, I guess we'll go into that. Um, 30 is like a seventh house perfection year. And it's a lot about like relationships and like the closer I get to 30, the more I'm starting to see that come into play. Like just more people coming up in my life. I feel less like weighed down. Like I feel like at this first half of age 29, a lot of like work, but not necessarily work I want to be doing. It was just like, I'm sick of this. Like what's the next phase? Like how can I level up in my career? I feel like that's like a definitely a Saturn return theme as well across the board is like, how do I get to that next step? I'm at six months now, yeah, September yeah, will be yeah. six months into 29, and I'm completely feeling that. And I actually just got a, jo- a new job offer that this job's going to, like, oh God. set me up for all the other things I want to do. And it, yeah. And, and the so. closer, like, usually the closer you get to 30, it's like when Saturn makes that final return, like, it gets to that exact degree again of where your natal Saturn is in your birth chart. And that final hit to it um, is usually, like, the most empowering it's like, okay, I'm confident in who I am. This is what I'm working on now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like 29 needs to end. <laughs> it's like such a wait. random year. Like I'm just waiting to be 30. I know. And it's so funny because I remember watching 13 going on 30 way back when. And I was excited. I was like, I can't wait to be 30, mm-hmm. flirty and thriving. And I'm like, <laughs> God, that still hits. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like once you get to that, like, 28, 29, you start to feel, like, so much more distant from, like, 23, 22. Like, you you don't even, like, feel like you're in the same age range. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I was just doing the exercise and looking back at my Instagram archive photos, I was like, who was that person? And I don't even <laughs> remember certain things. I was sending Daniela pictures. <laughs> I was like, I don't even yeah. know that girl. <laughs> who just, was she? I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. I'm still, like— pretty much in my mid twenties. And, mm-hmm. and like, I now see my 21, 22, 23 year old self. And I'm like, poor baby. She didn't know. And like, I have a feeling <laughs> that I'll feel the exact same way when I'm 28, 29, looking back on now. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's exciting, but it's also like, I mean, I must say it is, a, it is a little bit scary. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. like, Especially after Saturn, like all the stuff that had been happening for Capricorn. Like, I'm just like, I just want to chill. I just want to lay down and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, let life be fun for a little bit. But there comes the Saturn return, you know, like Mm -hmm. I can't do much about it. But who's to say you can't have fun and enjoy that time? Because I think when, I think when you look back, like when I look back at 28 and 27 even was really hard for me. There were so many amazing times within mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those, those years. But I think because, like, when you're out of it, sometimes you can't help but look at, like, the, sh- the bad shit that happened. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't outweigh. I feel like, and this is something I always, like, had to tell myself, is that with life comes up as ups and downs always. And I think when you're in your Saturn return, it's like the downs are just, you know, more expressed in, like, where— your Saturn is and all of those themes. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, there's there's always going to be ups and downs, right? 
Yeah, like just looking at like the overall like 20s, I would say I've had a better time in my Saturn return than I ever did at age oh, yeah. 21, 22, 23. So I wouldn't say it's something to be scared about. I just say like the main thing that comes up with Saturn return is being frustrated. Like things are taking too long to happen or you're not where you kind of want to be yet. So maybe you just have to like sit yeah. in that frustration sometimes. I think that was so well said. Like the, you, you're running out of patience because you feel like you should be, you should yeah, already be doing things. Yeah, it's this thing of, you become like more aware of time. You're like, I'm getting older. Time is running out. Like for me, it's a lot of like, wait, I have to have kids soon. I have to get married. It's like, do I have time to do this still? So kind of freaking out about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm excited at the same <laughs> amount as like, I'm scared. I'm just like, because I, I've read so much that in like human design, people that have four, six lines, their life mm-hmm. improves so much more after their Saturn return. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's it's like everything becomes easier because you like finally get this like foundation of who you are and you, mm-hmm. you stop questioning it because mm-hmm. you're like solid in that. And and I don't know. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm also excited for 2025 because according to Alice, I'm getting married that year. So, oh my um, God, seriously. <laughs> I really Seriously. hope I'm right. I really hope I'm right. <laughs> yeah, because you just put her put it on last. <laughs> I really want to fi- learn how to do predictive astrology. It sounds like we, yeah. We I mean, all. I have a whole course on um, how to read a transit chart, so definitely look into that. I think I also Ooh. have podcast episodes, maybe that are like intro to transits as well. Oh my god. Okay, wait. I need to do that course. Yes. Okay, but I'm still just in shock that we're all Leo risings. Yeah, that is wild. And it's a Leo moon right now. The moon is in Leo right now. So like, it's wow. interesting that we, I mean, We're that's another timing thing I use is when I put together people's birth charts and then see transits. So like if you took me and Daniela's birth chart, we're both Leo rising. So the midpoint of our charts, if you combine them, we're going to have a Leo rising like couples chart. And then you see transits to that and you see when the relationship is more activated. So like I would expect to be talking to Daniela either way more during Leo season when the sun is moving through our rising sign or like when a moon is in Leo, for instance, like today. Oh, that's that's so so wild. Yeah. So cool. Can we just start like a little Leo rising community? Because I feel like we're we're like collecting so many. We've had some guests on too. Well, I went to this meetup that was like Leo rising meetup and it was interesting. Everyone was so shy and wouldn't talk in this like Leo rising meetup because that is like a surprising Leo trait is like kind of being self-conscious of like putting yourself out there. Like I was always scared to speak in school like raise my hand and have attention on me. So I'm not sure like Leo rising meetups work that well. I feel like you need like a Sag rising in there or like someone to bring more like enthusiasm. That's so funny because yeah, I felt like my whole life I was so shy. I Mm -hmm. always thought I was so shy. And then when I learned that I was a Leo rising, I was like, that has to be a mistake. Like I do not see myself as somebody who like is that outgoing or just likes to talk. The no, fact yeah, that Leo I, rising is shy because you're just like you're so aware of like people looking at you. You're like, oh my god, yeah. like they think I'm. They think this hair is out of place or my outfit is gross. <laughs> it's like you just don't want to call like extra attention. Wait, and the fact that we all then have you a also podcast. want attention. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We all it's we're not, all doing the thing that we <laughs> fear the most. Yeah, yeah. yeah, being seen is like the thing that you want the most, but you also don't fear want it the most. Just, 
Yeah, because you're so self-aware. Wow, I didn't know that. But now it just makes me feel more of a Leo rising. It's like crazy. Alice, do you get like super nervous for like podcasting or speaking? Yeah, I have like perfectionist tendencies. This one is gone so well because I I feel like it's more comfortable because I know Daniela. But (laughs) yeah, usually I'll freak out if I mess up like a sentence. Okay, yeah, I'm the same too. Danielle, do (laughs) do you get as much anxiety? I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if it's because like I've the past like two years, I've had to talk so much like with clients and getting <laughs> right. clients and becoming like a salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get nervous about like making mistakes anymore. And I've also found that people really like it when you are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Perfectionism yes. is such a leader. Yeah. yeah yes. It's like, even if you want to be perfect, like I don't, the thing is that when you try to present yourself as something that you're not, it mm-hmm. shows. Whereas when you're like fully authentic and you're just, you know, I I said funner earlier. I'm not going <laughs> to lose sleep over that. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I speak two languages, guys. Like, sorry. Yeah. So it's like, Words are hard. <laughs> words are hard. So it's like, I don't, I stopped caring at some point, <laughs> like a year mm-hmm. ago or something. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm so working on that <laughs> currently. I get like yeah. so tripped up over words and I yeah, feel like yeah. my Mercury's in Pisces. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and my son's in Pisces. So I feel like we're, it's more feeling like I'm more of a sensor mm-hmm, and I can mm-hmm. have all these thoughts that come through, but I mm-hmm. don't necessarily know how to translate. So when I'm in like a professional setting where I'm like really mm-hmm. trying to be, like on the podcast too, trying to like be eloquent and serious, I get mm-hmm. like, nervous. And then I notice when that happens, my throat chakra almost like closes and then I can't, Mm -hmm, I can't. mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something I'm like still working on. Yeah. I was going to say you also have like sun and mercury in the eighth house if they're in Pisces. So that is a lot about control and like Mm. needing things to go a certain way. Yes. Yes. Which yeah, it's not. not That's so interesting because like Mm. that's where my Venus is. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I would love to have control over what happens in my love life, but <laughs> you, we don't get control. <laughs> yeah. Over that, so, yeah. Wait. So, Alice, your what's your big three? Or let's do your big six. Okay. <laughs> Leo rising, Aquarius sun, Aquarius Mercury, Pisces moon, Pisces Venus, <gasps> Cancer Mars. Oh my God. Wait. Mm-hmm. Pisces Venus, just like Daniela. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that's why we become obsessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, I have a Venus in Aries and I feel like I'm also obsessive, but I'm like obsessive. It's like hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Like obsessive I and feel over like it. that, if it's like the Venus in Aries alone wouldn't explain that, but it's like the sun and Mercury and the, especially the sun in the eighth house. Like that is so intense. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about um, how you met your boyfriend? Yeah. So, I mean, I was single for, like I said, like all of my 20s, like my last boyfriend or like relationship was like age 22. And then um, throughout New York, like tried dating apps, deleted them, was just like almost like celibate, like just like not even wanting to talk to anyone. And then out of nowhere in January of 2021, I had an Instagram follower message me and she was like, hey, this is so random. I've never messaged you before. I recently started following you, but I have a guy friend I think you would really get along with. Like, let me know if you want his birth time or you want any more info. And I knew the astrology transits for that year. Like Jupiter was transiting my seventh house, which is great for forming 
romantic relationship. So I was like, I need to keep an open mind about this. Like, sure, I'll agree to go on a date with this guy that this girl recommended to me. And yeah, he's my boyfriend. So was it love at first sight? (laughs) It was like a strong connection at first sight. Yeah, it was like, could talk to him for hours, like easiest first date I've ever been on. Yeah, like I have like an issue feeling comfortable with men, like straight Mm -hmm. men. So I don't know where that comes from, but with him, it just felt so natural. And so were you nervous, but then when you got in his presence, did you kind of like calm down? Yeah, definitely nervous at first. But like by the end of the date, it was like, we were talking about like anything and everything. Do you talk about Everything seemed interesting to talk to him. Oh yeah, he showed up to the first date having looked at his birth chart. He had read my weekly horoscopes. It was like so impressive. What? That is so cute. Yeah. Like when oh he said god. he took the time to do that, I was like, oh my God, like you're getting a second date for sure. <laughs> Just based off that. Yeah. I think by the fourth date, I was like, okay, he's going to be my husband. Like oh it was god. like, I knew it pretty early on that he was like a life partner. Wow. Okay. So did you guys hang out again? Like what was the time frame? So you went on your so, first date. Yeah, we went on our first date February 11th, 2021. And then it was like seeing each other once a week for a date. It went pretty slow at first. He's a Taurus, so they definitely Mm. tend to move slower. Um, And then by the end of March, like the last day of March, I think, was when he asked me to be his girlfriend. And then we moved in together about a month ago in July. So that was like a year and a half into the relationship we moved in together. Oh my God, that moved fast, but like, Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good fast. Good fast where you Slow just Slow at first like, and then fast. Yeah. 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 And it also happened out of the blue, right? Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was unexpected. Yeah, it was, it was at a time, like, I had been so fixated on, like, I need a boyfriend. I need a boyfriend. Like, obsessive over dating apps. I deleted those, but I still had this, like, feeling of, like, I'm not complete unless I have a boyfriend. And then, like, three months before I met him, like, not even that long. Actually, six months before I met him, I got so fed up with this guy that I had been on like two dates with. And then he like blew me off that I wrote this whole list of like traits I wanted in a partner. And they were all about like how I want to feel around that other person and like what I want the relationship to look like. And then a couple months after that, I just like let go of like needing to be in a relationship. And I was like, the next guy I date needs to be obsessed with me. Like I want him to like worship me. I'm not sleeping with a random person anymore. I'm done with these like stupid flings. And then about a month later, I met him. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was really just like, I'm done with this. Like being so done with like stupid dating patterns I had been in. Yeah. It's like like that final breakthrough mm-hmm. and you totally let go. You're like, and you were 28, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was right after my 20th birthday. So how old will you be, Daniela? In 2025. <laughs> 2025? So I have no math. clue. Wait, okay. We're I'm actually like typing this out. Are you born? You're born in 1996. So you'll be 29. Yes. I'd be 29. Okay. It's a great age. If it's to not be you getting married, so I, astrology can't show like definitive marriage. If it's not you <laughs> yeah. getting married, then it could be you getting engaged or like maybe you're like, that's just like such a happy phase of the relationship. Whatever it is, it's going to be probably a major relationship year. Yeah. Or like even just realizing that this is your life partner. Yeah. Or, like or maybe, feeling like yeah, deeper yeah. commitment. I don't know. I mean, astrology so far in my 20s and in my life has been so like on point that I would not be surprised if that's the case. Like, <laughs> like that's would, pretty would, soon. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is pretty soon. But also like things happen, you know, 
all mm-hmm. the time that we don't even expect. So I would not be surprised if that happened in 2029. Also, like, tw- wait, was it 2029? No, 2025. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm forgetting the 29. Yeah, I'm like, what? No, 29 is how old I'm going to be. So I don't know. I mean, Alice gave me a reading earlier this year. I like, I've been getting readings with Alice since like, she she started giving meetings. Like, it's been yeah. forever. Lucky you. Yeah. Like, I, I've known Alice. I'm the OG. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she, ha- she gave me a reading this year. And I don't know. We've, like, a lot of the things that you told me were going to happen have happened. But, like, it's been really interesting, the timing of things. Because you, you did predict a lot of travel. And that's been the case. Like, I've been away, mm-hmm. like— six out of the eight months of the year. Yeah, like, yeah. It's been wild. Really interesting. So, so that's been happening. A lot of work and a lot of like confusion and also like mm-hmm. clarity surrounding like the partner that I'm calling in because mm-hmm, I had mm-hmm. to go through like a bunch of like tests regarding who I was mm-hmm, calling mm-hmm. in and who I thought I was calling in, quote unquote. Mm-hmm, so, um, so it's been really interesting. But I don't know. I, the rest of the year is still wide open. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was also interesting before I met my boyfriend is like, I had been single for that long. I And then like the two years leading up to it, it was like literally no romantic activity, no effort on my part to go on dates. But then right before it, there were like three guys back to back that all kind of sucked. But I had to like say no to three people. And then after the third person, it was like one of those situations where you're not dating them still, but they keep messaging you on Instagram and like making you think about them. So I just responded to him. I was like, stop messaging me if this isn't going anywhere. And yeah, then the week after that, got a message about my boyfriend. Oh my God. So you have to communicate. You like have to say no. Like you, it's like when Mm -hmm. you set a boundary and you're like, no, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. It's like, okay, test passed, ready for the next person. Oh my God. We needed to hear that. We're that both just going through that yeah, right now. Yeah. Like, so that ghosting. just happened. That mm-hmm. just happened. Yeah. <laughs> so so okay. Well, I'll keep you guys posted on how that goes. Yeah, we will because we're we're trying to not ghost anymore and trying to yeah. communicate and like set the boundary, like actually say it. <laughs> yeah. Like I sent the first anti-ghosting text ever in my life. Um, he didn't respond to it, but it's okay. But you sent it. Yeah. yeah. You did it. You did exactly. Your yeah. So yeah, we will have a future episode about like <laughs> the ghosting and why it's like not empowering. But um, yeah, <laughs> so it's been so nice having you, Alice. Like you've answered yes. so many questions and this episode is so valuable. I'm just so grateful that you did this Aww. and to have you. Yeah, and thank I you. Know. Thank you guys for having me. This was like the most fun podcast I've ever recorded. Like normally the podcast... I record or like, what's your sun, moon rising? What's Mercury Mm -hmm. retrograde? Like this, I loved how nuanced this conversation was. Oh my God, music to our ears. Thank you so much. We want to have you back if you're open. Yes, definitely. We could just, there's so (laughs) much, there's so many layers to astrology. So yeah, there really is. Whatever you want to talk about, we're here and open. (laughs) Thank you guys. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Art of Blooming. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.